Before we get started on today's episode, I'd like to thank Hagwood Soaps for supporting the brand. You want to smell good, you want to take a shower and actually enjoy it, head over to Hagwood Soaps right now. I promise you the products are very good. It's naturally made ingredients, handcrafted in the good old USA, and they have a lot of great scents like Aloha Breeze, Orange Blaze, and now the Pumpkin Spice for the Fall Collection. It is really good. I highly recommend it. You want to smell good? Go over to shophagwood.com and use code FONS20 for 20% off your order right now. If you haven't checked out my review on the soaps, you can head over to my YouTube page at Fonz DeFalco to see my review, my honest review on Hagwood soaps. That's again, 20% off. Use code FONZ20, Fonz20 today, right now. Go do it. Support the brand, support Hagwood soaps, and support smelling good. That's all I got to say. Now let's get into this episode of the Slickback Kickback Report. Stoudemire on the drive, throws it down, Amari Stoudemire with a season-high 35. Take a team and secure the burger down. Jackson throws, oh, what a grab, touchdown, Mark Andrews. It's on the way, stand by for Titans ball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Slickback Kickback Report, your home for all things sports and entertainment. Now here's your host, Fon Stefalco. Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 161. That's right, 161 of those of the slick back kickback report is I, Mr. Fon Stefalco, here with your weekly sports and nonsense content, mostly nonsense and top five list too. Reminder, check out the podcast where you get your podcast. If you're listening to it right now, I thank you guys so much. If you're watching the podcast on my YouTube channel, thank you for uh, checking out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that also. And yada, yada, yada. Check out the link down below or the TikTok page, Instagram, all that fun stuff too. Really, really appreciate the support. 161 episodes and I somehow still here. I'm enjoying it though and I hope you guys too. This is a good one. So, what are we going to talk about? Just all kind of sports stuff today. A lot of little things here. Again, this, the, the solo episodes are kind of shorter. Notice that when I've guessed on a little bit a little bit longer. But next week's episode is going to be really good. Got a good friend of mine joining the podcast from Good Old Band. It's one of my favorite episodes we've done. A little bit of a teaser of who it's going to be. Got a lot of uh, guest ideas lined up down the line, too. Definitely got to get some more guests on here. I've done so many solo episodes, too. But if you're listening or watching, I really appreciate all the love and support. So I know we do a lot of NFL stuff. I know. We'll do some other things here, too. Because baseball just ended the World Series. Let's give a congratulations to the Houston Astros defeating the Philadelphia Phillies 4-2. to two. I didn't talk about the World Series as much. I know. Not a big baseball guy. I'm trying to. But I got to give credit to the Astros. Congratulations. Claps. I know what you're thinking. The Astros are a bunch of cheaters. And I get that. But we don't know if they did. They won this pure with a town on their roster. As my dog is barking in the background. Thank you, Lily, for barking. I don't know if you can hear it now, too, but I can hear it. She's mad at the Astros one. I am actually not mad at the Astros one. They are the better team. I think they were the more stacked roster compared to the Phillies. The Phillies had a really good story with the firing of the manager of Joe Girardi, who I forgot was the manager. New manager came in. Um, roster they didn't expect to make a World Series run. They did, but they lost 4-2. to two. Give credit where credit to the Philadelphia Phillies, but the Astros were, I think, the better team. And I got to give credit to Dusty Baker. Good for him. I've always liked him. You know, he's been around the game for a while. So I got to give credit to Dusty Baker for winning the World Series, being the manager for the Houston Astros. He did celebrate a little bit by saying, let's party. And I love that for him. So give credit to where credit is due for that. Sorry about that. I had to stop the dog for a second. It's, it's a good old podcast magic, a little video editing magic. 
all that stuff too. But I was saying good for Dusty Baker. I'm definitely um, happy for him to win this too. Uh, but they had a really good roster. Verlander's really good, obviously. Alex Bregman's really good. Um, you know, Jeremy Pena, right? I said Jeremy Pena, the World Series MVP. Rookie, by the way, too. Guy just came up in April 2022, and he just came in. What a way to debut in the MLB, right? ALCS MVP, Golden Glove, World Series champion, World Series MVP. That's a good start to his career, so we'll give credit to him. And give credit again to the Astros. Now, do they cheat? We have no idea. You know, the first time they won, we were very happy for it. They found they used trash cans to cheat and whatnot, too. Jose Altuve, that whole thing, too. But we don't know right now. We don't know. So I'm going to give credit and say congratulations to the Houston Astros and the city of Houston for winning a legit World Series title. Now, maybe in two years, we'll find more cheating scandals. Who knows? But give credit where credit's due for that. And the Philadelphia Phillies may make an appearance then next year. It was hard for me to find out who to root for. I ended up picking the Astros. Yeah, they cheated, but I hate the Philadelphia Phillies so much. Again, as a New York Mets fan, you're supposed to hate the Philadelphia Phillies, and I hate Chase Utley forever. It'll always bother me for the rest of my life. That's just the way it is. So, I gotta again, I rooted for the Astros to win. So, kudos to the Astros. Congratulations. That's baseball talk, right? Maybe will I say it again next year? We'll get into more baseball. I say it every year. Maybe. I don't know. I should, though. I feel like I should. Maybe because the Mets have just made me upset. For so long. But we re-signed Edwin Diaz, the trumpet. Mr. Trumpet, he's back, so I'm good. DeGrom might go. I don't want DeGrom to go, but if he's asking for too much, then maybe I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk more about that as like the World Series or not as the MLB free agency comes about or whatever, and I'll get a baseball guest or something too. As far as the NBA, love watching the NBA, even though it's early in the season. I still basketball still my you know, I love football, but basketball I watched when I was a kid, and I still love it today. But a lot of crazy things. Mainly how are the Utah Jazz the number one? Let's just give it a, let's just, hold on. The NBA didn't play tonight, by the way, because election. By the way, if you, did you vote? Congratulations. You did your due diligence. Congratulations to everybody. Did you get your I voted sticker? Because I did. So kudos. So thank you for voting, by the way. Thank you for doing your good your good service. I'm not going to be that social media influencer saying, you got to vote, blah, 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 blah. But I just had to mention, NBA got all off tonight. So this is going to come up on Wednesday. This is recorded on Tuesday night. So literally the standings are the way they are right now. And the Utah Jazz, I am not kidding. You can look this up. They're 9-3. and three. A team where they trade away Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. They got horrible new uniforms, except for the Jazz Purple Mountain throwbacks. Those are great. Check out the video if you haven't, by the way, where I did the like the preview of all the uniforms I came for the NBA season. Spoiler, the Jazz got an F grade, minus the, the Purple throwbacks. But the Jazz trade away two of their star players. New regime with Danny Ainge. New coach and Will Hardy. A lot of young talent. Colin Sexton's there. Lloyd Markinen. Guys, you wouldn't say they're good, but not like star players. But they're playing like it. They're somehow 9-3. and three. I know it's early in the season. It's only a little bit over 10 games. If they if they somehow make the playoffs, it'll be the crazy thing. I just want to just let it be known. The Utah Jazz are 9-3 and three at a time of recording. Number one seed. If the season ended today, they would have the number one seed in the West and home court advantage in the playoffs in the West, at least. I think the Bucs, because they're 9-1 right now. Um, no shocker, by the way, for the Bucs and 9-1. So imagine a one seed in the Bucs versus the Jazz. Let's just throw that out there. And the Lakers, 2-8. and eight. Laugh out loud, funny to me. Laugh out loud. Two, they're two, they're literally two and eight. Russell Westbrook's not coming off the bench, making it feel old. I don't, I don't, I hate that people hate on Russell Westbrook. I've always liked him. He's always fun to watch. Yeah, I feel like he can always clash with players, and maybe he, sometimes he's a little bit like people can think he's a little, like you know he does too much or whatever. But we forget this guy was a top point guard in the league. Now maybe coming off the bench has been helping. He's actually doing a lot better productive wise off the bench. So 
maybe that's what he, you know, as the is when you get old too, and you see all these guys who are star players like Carmelo Anthony, for example, that you see him now come off the bench. It's like ah, it's just sad. I just found out Dwight Howard signed in Taiwan. This guy was an MVP player for the Magic a while back, and now he's playing in Taiwan again. It makes you feel old with all this stuff too. But the Lakers somehow two and eight. They need a lot of help, a lot of shooting. I think um, it's a lot of guys LeBron brought in, a lot of guys from clutch management, um, a lot of LeBron's guys, and I think they just don't they don't mesh well together. They need to make some moves. I know they were talking about maybe moving um, Westbrook to the Pacers for a first round pick for Miles Turner and Halliburton, if I'm not mistaken. Now that could really work. I think Miles Turner. Miles Turner's been on the trade block for like seven years now. It feels like um, he should get moved at some point. I would think Halliburton's really good. Pacers are not they're not terrible. They're five and five right now, but I'm just kind of rambling on and on about all this stuff too. But I look at the that Lakers potential trade. It could work. It could work. They get some nice nice defensive piece in the middle with Turner uh, and Halliburton's a good facilitator of the offense and a solid shooter as well too. Maybe they'll do it. Maybe they won't. Maybe the trade line they'll make some moves here and there too. But it's gonna be hard because LeBron has all these guys he brought in for clutch and um, you know pretty much. Listen, let's just be real. LeBron's the GM of the Lakers, right? Let's just, we're not going to like, we're all just going to pretend that he's not because clearly he is. I want you to sit and ponder that for a second. I take a big swig of my half-gallon jug water. Ah, you can hear that too. I hope, I hope you're hydrating. Stay hydrated, folks. Boys and girls. Other stuff too, I mean the Warriors, let's I mean because the Lakers are 2-8, and eight, the Warriors are 4-7. and seven. They're like the complete opposite, though, because they actually have a lot of very good players. Curry Thompson, Jordan Poole, um, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Like they all have a, they have a very good roster, and they're four and seven. Again, it's early in the season. I, I kind of get that, too. But it's just a really slow start. You hate to see, especially with the Warriors, are kind of favorites to kind of make it back to the finals and win it again to repeat defending champions. At four and seven? Mm, I don't know. But say with the Knicks at five and five. Not terrible. Listen, I'm not expecting them to go off and go crazy, but at 5-5, five and five, I'll take it right now, too. I am really liking what I'm seeing out of Jalen Brunson so far. He's looking really good. Overpaid? Maybe, but you know, people say that because he's not a well-known star player, but he's really coming into his own for the Knicks, and I like I like him a lot. He's doing really good. A lot of the guys are looking good. I love what Obi Toppin's doing off the bench. Randall's looking really good. Barrett's looking good. I don't want Fournier to keep starting. I think we kind of have to take him off, put him off the bench now, I think, at this point. But we're looking good all around. I got to go to a couple of Knicks games. I plan on going to a couple of Knicks games this year. Um, I would really love to go to one. Um, I'm going to go to multiple. I'm going to go to a lot because the Knicks are somewhat back maybe, right? I don't know. But I said with the East 2, the Bucks are 9-1. That's not really a shocker there, too. They don't even have Chris Middleton. Wait till Chris Middleton comes back, and they're going to be a lot more scarier, too. Um, and the Cavs are the second seed. We just take a second to just, I know the Cavs uniforms are garbage, but I think Donovan Mitchell might be one of the best, more recent offseason trades we've seen. Because I wish, again, I wish he went to the Knicks. But seeing him on the Cavs, he's looking really good in that offense. Him, Garland, Mobley's out, Jared Allen. That's a really good, that's a really good offense. They're looking really good. That trade really helped him out. Mitchell's doing really good with the Cavaliers. They're looking really good. I think they really might make a deep playoff run. They could definitely, they could definitely. It's really weird to see it now because it's like, one of the best Cavs teams ever assembled in the post-LeBron era. Because after like after the first time he left, they kind of dwindled and had number one picks and whatever and didn't really have a, a solid roster. And even after he left the second time, they didn't have a solid roster again. This is like the first roster that they've built really, like, really fondly since LeBron left. So they're looking really good. 
And uh, finally, too, everyone hates him. The Pascal Siakam slander has to stop. All right? Pascal Siakam, otherwise known as Spicy P. Shout out to Kevin Fitzmorris, who always slanders him. Let's just be real. I know he's going to be out for a couple. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. But he said he wants to be, he might be a top five. He might, he might be a top five player, I think. He's like leading, he's like good doing points and whatever too. But I just don't want any more Pascal Siakam slander. Spicy P. I have his jersey, um, but there's no slander with Pascal Siakam. I got to do more NBA and MLB talk to down the line too. But we got a lot of football stuff to talk about. A lot of football. Week nine recap. Recap what happened. Some of the notable games, or pretty much all the games, because a lot of teams had buys this week too. Talking about Thursday night, Eagles defeat the Texans twenty nine to seventeen. I'm mad because in fantasy, I wanted them to all go off. Um, I wanted the Eagles to go for over 30 at least, but, you know, listen, Texans actually the red battle, the battle red helmets and the jerseys actually look a lot better on the field than I remember, than I, than I saw, like, on the picture-wise. They actually look good. So I give I give credit to that. They look good. Texans are bad, but, you know, Eagles, they give the slander that the Eagles have the easy schedule, but, hey, listen, they didn't make the schedule, just happened to be it. They're 8-0 right now, so, listen, undefeated. They're a good team. Jalen Hurts is really good. Running game looks really good. Offense looks really good. Def- defense, that Robert Quinn trade was huge. Good secondary. Adrian Brown was a great trade for them. Uh, Dallas Goddard's been coming to his own as a good tight end. I know Devontae Smith has his moments here and there. Some moments he looks really good. Sometimes he doesn't. He doesn't really show up. But, again, they have a good receiving core, good offense. Jalen Hurts is looking really good. Good coaching staff. They're overall looking really good. As far as the Texans, though, Damian Pierce is going to be a stud running back. In the next couple of years, too. I wasn't sure about him when he got drafted, but he's looking really good with the Texans, starting from day one with them, too. I think Damian Pierce is a name we should keep an eye on for a while. He's one of the better backs in the league. Maybe this time next year and definitely be a pro bowler down the line, too. Chargers defeated the Falcons 20-17. to But the Falcons literally, <laughs> they had it. And then they fumbled it. They led to the Chargers winning. Somehow the Falcons are still in these games and they're on the top of the division. Or at least I think second. Or at least they're on the top of the division, though, but somehow, some way. And the Chargers, for me, it's just weird because the Chargers on paper, every single they won, credit to them. But every year it just seems like they're always like gonna be a Super Bowl favorite or make a run. Injuries and they just struggles in the fourth quarter and whatever, too. Yeah, they won, but I'm still not sold. I'm not sold in the Chargers, man. I'm not. I don't know if I'll ever will be with this team. They have good uniforms, though, so I'll give them that. Um, who would have? I knew the Dolphins were going to win, but I didn't think the Bears would go off for 32 points. This was actually a really fun game to watch. And look at this. My Justin Fields take saying that he would be a really good quarterback in the NFL. It's working. He broke Michael Vick's record for most rushing yards by a quarterback, and he threw some dimes out there, too. It was one game, but Fields is looking good. I don't know. I don't need the slander for it. He's looking good. Dolphins, though, are just unstoppable. I literally, I said this last week, but I am pr- I really think Tyreek Hill was underutilized and underrated on the Chiefs. This guy's on pace to break 2,000 receiving yards. I think he already, I think he has the 1,000 yards already this year. And we're not even in double-digit weeks yet. Now we're going to be in week 10. Him and Wallet's a very good and scary duo. And that Jeff Wilson trade, that acquisition, that's really helping them out a lot, too. Now, the defense cannot let up 32 points against the Bears, for example, their defense still needs a lot of work because when it comes to the postseason, you're going to need to rely on that run game and that defense. But for now, you have Hill and Waddle, and Tua is looking really good undefeated as a starter. Night and day, man, with that offense. Take out Tua, and you put in Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, 
that team looks completely, completely different. And that is just somehow just that is just crazy to me. That's just crazy to me. Dolphins, man. Really, Mike McDaniel, credit to him, even though they beat the Ravens. I'm really upset by that. Lions defeated the Packers. Funny. And I'm happy Dan Campbell won. Look at that. Man Campbell, my favorite, my favorite, favorite coach in the NFL. Lions won. It's like I can't, like, they're in these games sometimes, and sometimes they're not. Jamal Williams is good, too. And their defense is very young. I think they have a lot of good bright spots. But the but just more on the Packers here is Rodgers might be done. We give him a pass on all these things, but I really think with it just it did no receiving help. Yes, I get it. But you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Run the ball more. Run the freaking ball more. I think like the pack, like the receiver, like Romeo Dobbs could be good, but he's always injured. I just picked him up fancy. He got hurt again. You know? When's it going to be the point where we don't we give we don't give Rodgers the pass anymore? It's more like on him, because even when he was on the when he had past seasons with lesser wide receivers, he did very really well. Take away Devontae Adams, you know he made these other receivers like what they were, you know, solid ones. Also found out Mercedes Lewis is still a Packer, so I'm not still in the NFL. But when are we going to stop giving the giving Rodgers a pass here? That's the question. They got a big game next week. We'll preview that in a little bit. Patriots defeated the Colts twenty six to three. Colts are just, Colts are just a shamble. Ever since Andrew Luck retired, just a shamble, a shamble of a franchise. And what do you know? Frank Reich got fired immediately after in that twenty six to three loss. And then they announced a new coach. It's Jeff Saturday, former uh, Colts legend, Colts center, um, well known with the Colts organization. They hired him really quickly after that as the interim coach. Now, here's the, here's the thing. This is a clear sign I think they're tanking, but I really think this was Jim Ursay's plan all along. I got to give credit to Well, Mike said this last night when I was talking to him on Four Corners. He was saying that, too, that they had this plan. I agree with him. I really think that they had a plan all along for this, too. Ursay did, at least. Because Saturday, as I think he could definitely be a good coach, and I want to give him credit. I think down the line he could be. But to go from high school coaching experience to well, little no NFL coach, you know, college, coach high school well, for a little bit. But to go from that to be the head coach of NFL football team, you have a bunch of other really good coordinators on there too with coaching with actual coaching experience. At least for the intern basis, you bring you call one of those guys, and then maybe you put Saturday in as a positions coach, and then maybe next year you kind of interview him to see what's going on. Now, a center obviously in the NFL played for so long, most time Pro Bowl or All Pro. Maybe there's a maybe he could be, and I hope he does well. It seems like he seems like he knows what he's talking about at least too, but it was just a shocker to me that they did it that quickly. And I think there were other better options for the interim basis now, unless Saturday kind of just comes in and goes, "All right, you do this." Like he facilitates what's going on, but doesn't actually make calls or whatever. Too, it relies on the coordinators more. Who knows? But I think it was a little bit of head scratcher being like this quickly. You're gonna do Saturday, but again, I hope he does well. I don't know. Uh, and as for the Patriots, don't write them off. For some other, still here, still here. With Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or whoever the hell their quarterback is. Now I'll ask I'll ask my guests next week how he feels about the quarterback situation. Again, that's probably a hint of who you think is going to be on the podcast next week. The New York Jets defeated the Buffalo Bills twenty to seventeen. Josh Allen didn't look good, but that Jets defense is something else. I'm not saying I'm Zach Wilson, the guy at quarterback. I still have no idea. I feel like no even no Jets fans know. But hey, listen, they're getting the wins. They're six and three, so you know they're getting it done. Sauce Gardner is a top three corner in the league already. If if not, he's on the track to be it. This guy is good. 
And I had, and I'll admit, I had questions of him when he came out of Cincinnati, like smaller school. I didn't think he'd. I think it takes some time to develop, but literally from day one, he's been a he's been a top notch corner. So I can't I can't say anything wrong about it. So I give I give credit that the defense the they look good. Um, offense Garrett Wilson, he's coming to his own too. It stinks for Elijah Moore because I feel like they could throw him the ball a little bit more or whatever, but um, he's looking really good. They're, I wish they had Brees Hall back because he was a really good running back for them. And he was on—he was going to be on my teaser for what's going on with the top five list. But, you know, what are you going to do? The Jets are somehow 6-3. and three. Let that sink in. Vikings defeat the Commanders 20-17. Let's, let's just admit it. Kirk Cousins is good. The Vikings are good. And Tom said this too on, with me the other night when we were talking to him. They have the longest tenured roster like together, because you know Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook's been in the league for a while, Adam Thielen, offensive line, a lot of other guys, Daniel Hunter, Eric Hendricks, um, Harrison Smith. The guys have been around for a while. Then you got Patrick Peterson, you added in, who's been looking really good at the corner spot too. Justin Jefferson, obviously, is one of the top receivers in the league. So, I tr- I truly think that that's a, they're a good team. Let's not any more Kirk Cousins slander. Maybe wait till a primetime game, but no Kirk Cousins slander as far as the Commanders go. Oh, boy, that, that, that team is just, I don't know. I mean, Dan Snyder's going to sell the team good. Um, maybe Jeff Bezos buy it. Who knows? But then they might change their team name again. I don't know. They should have been the Red Hogs the entire time. That's just that's just me. Um, let's see here. A couple more things. The Jaguars feed the Raiders. The Raiders were up. And then what happened? They lost the Jaguars. Travis Etienne. I will admit, I said he was going to be a, he's a bust in fantasy. At least for that wise, he's been doing good. So that I will admit when a take is wrong. So again, good for good old good old Travis Etienne. Uh, but the Jaguars won. So and as far as the Raiders go, crap franchise. Fired Josh McDaniels. They needed Rich Bisaki. He's way better. He was way better as a coach. Players wanted to actually play for him. That team is that team, Josh McDaniels is not a good coach, man. He's not a good coach. You might have to can him after a year. That Raiders team is just, just falling off. And Jonathan Abram just got released, too, and they can't draft either. Some the, the Vegas Raiders or whatever, bad, 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 bad. You know who's not bad? Got to say it again. Shout out to Lauren, my girlfriend. She said I said it multiple times and say it again. They wrote him off, and he did not write back because the Seahawks won. They beat the Cardinals. Geno Smith, 31-21. to Let Geno cook. It's a spoiler for what's going to be on my awards picks. Oh, I just said what it was going to be. That's right. We're doing awards later on in this episode. Something's brewing in Arizona. It's not good. Kyler is not bad, but Cliff Kingsbury might get canned, I think. I truly, truly, truly believe it. But the Seahawks, they're somehow with this team. I'm still just, I just can't believe it. I can't, can't believe it. I'll say it's also Kenneth Walker the third. He, him and Damian Pierce are the future running backs in the NFL because they are both Really good. And this, they still got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They got a good team. Not terrible. Not, not, not terrible. Uh, Buccaneers feed the Rams. Again, if this was like three weeks ago or beginning of the season, I would have said yes. It's a game to watch. Kind of a little bit of a snooze fest, 16-3, but Brady's back on top again. Do never, 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 never doubt Tom Brady. Chiefs defeat the Titans on Sunday Night Football. Titans, bane of my existence. Derrick Henry is actually very good, so I'll give him credit for that. Malik Willis, I said he'd be a good quarterback. He only threw five passes. Well, he completed five passes. So, uh, not looking good so far. Patrick Holmes attempted 68 passes. 
The Titans games are still they're still in competition because of that defense. And I give them credit for that too. But it's also the Tennessee Titans, the bane of my existence. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, they'll always win, uh, no matter what. And the Monday night game, ah, the Ravens. Ravens defeated the Saints twenty-seven to thirteen. No Gus Edwards, no Bateman's out for the season. No Mark Andrews. That defense, they're they're getting back into the way. Roquan Smith looked really good in his debut for the Ravens. He was looking really good. Justin Houston still performing well. He's the first Raven to have like like games with three plus sacks in a row or multi sack games in a row. Justin Houston, man, he might be in the he, he he's looking good too. He was gonna contemplate in retirement. He came back. The defense is looking good. Marlon Humphrey looked really good. Peters looked really good. Patrick Queen looked pretty good alongside Roquan Smith. It was a good. The defense looked back in its own. Uh, as far as the receiving core and the running game goes, Kenyon Drake looked good. He stepped up nicely. I give him credit for that. Lamar still looked good for the limited options he had. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's a raven, right? But another thing, we have Mark Andrews, yes, but keep an eye, uh, an eye on Isaiah Likely. I think he is going to be a very good tight end for us. He might even be like a good like receiver, too, because he could play receiver. If need be, so he's looking really good. That's a good, him and Andrews will be a good combination too, for the good Lamar targets to throw them too. I still want that true number one wide receiver. And I don't know if I'm going to get it with Bateman. I still have no idea. And Duvernay was a non-factor. I was expecting him to go off. I was expecting it. Um, I can't rely on just on Deshaun Jackson for this long, or <laughs> anybody else. But you know, again, the offense, the receiving core, it's whatever. But like I said, with the Dolphins in the playoffs, you need a good defense and a run game, and they have that. So if they can get a good, solid tight end target with Andrews when he comes back, and also Isaiah Likely, and then maybe when maybe uh, Duvernay will step up or something to Demarcus Robinson or somebody too. We need someone to step up in the receiving core. Someone in that wide receiving room needs to step up big time. And we need to. I was expecting it to be Bayman, but it's not going to be. Uh, before we get into our week 10, a little bit of some little previews, some little games into our Fonz's five top five. Let's take a look at our sponsors here at Hagwood Soaps. Do you smell bad? Do people look at you and they go, oh, God, take a shower. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Go over to the boys at Hagwood Soaps. They make some handcrafted soaps made in the U.S. of A. with natural made ingredients. Aloha Breeze and an Orange Blaze are two that I've reviewed on my channel. You can check out. They also got some other ones too like Pine Tar, uh, Aftershock, and even Pumpkin Spice for the fall. They're excellent stuff. I highly recommend you getting those soaps. You smell absolutely great. And people look at you and be like, wow, you smell really good. Where'd you get that from? I tell them you go to Hagwood Soaps to get them today. Go to shophagwood.com and use the code FONS20. That's right, shophagwood.com, the code FONS20, F-O-N-Z-2-0, for 20% off your order today. Now, the Holy Trinity, you want to smell good? Support a company made in the U.S. of A. You support the brand. You want to smell good and do all that? FONS20 for your order now. Week 10 previews. We'll do a couple little games and then we'll go into our Fonz's 5 top 5. A special edition of it today. Uh, Falcons at Panthers for Thursday Night Football. Do we just, does Amazon Prime just hate us? Does Amazon Prime just straight up hate us? Take away the Bucks Ravens game because that was good. And there were some other, maybe one or two other good ones. Um, I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos hates us. Um, I am not going to watch. I'll watch the Falcons Panthers game. Ugh. Ugh, God, the P.J. Walker experiment might be over because Baker's now starting. I don't even know. And the Falcons, I don't even know either. It's just, is anyone going to watch this game? Is anybody, if you look at me in the eyes right now, or listen, and you tell me right now, Fonz, I'm actually watching this game. I will refuse to believe you unless you have money on it, too. Um, and I'll probably bet on some on this game, too. Maybe. I have no idea. Seahawks versus Buccaneers at Germany. That's right. They're expanding the game, not just to London. They're going to Germany, too. 
Geno Smith will be going to Germany to take on Tom Brady. Two, it'll be one, it'll be Goat versus Tom Brady. That's right, I said it. Geno Smith versus Tom Brady. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch actually too. And I got Geno Smith in fantasy. I'm starting him. I actually have Brady and Geno Smith in the same team. I'm probably gonna start Geno. I don't know. I don't know. Vikings and Bills. That probably is the game that I'm definitely gonna be watching. Ravens are on a bye week, so I can't preview any Ravens games. So, wait, wait, wait. I can't be watching it. But Vikings Bills might be the, the game of the week to watch. I think the Vikings. I think the Vikings are legit good. I don't. I think they're gonna have a really good test against the Bills. Vikings actually might get this win. It wouldn't shock me if they get the win. They're looking really good. They're good on both sides of the ball. The Bills, the problem with me is that you can't have Josh, like I said with Lamar, you can't have Josh Allen leading the league, leading the team in rushing every single week. You can't do it. That trade for Naeem Hines, it didn't, it kind of made sense, but they also needed a power back. And hopefully they can get that out with James Cook or something too, but that's going to be a really good game to watch. And I think the Vikings might have a very good shot to win this one. Uh, Broncos versus Titans, I'm not watching that. Um, the Broncos are getting into the category of the Titans, Jaguars, Texans, Colts, um, AFC South. I'm going to do the AFC South and Broncos. I just am not going to watch that game. I refuse to watch it. Uh, Browns versus Dolphins actually might also be a very good game too. Underrated game. Um, I think this is known. Deshaun Watson comes back in a couple weeks. Actually, I still have Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback. But, you know, I want to see. I just want to see. I just want to watch the Dolphins play offense because they're going to be really fun to watch. And Nick Chubb's also fun to watch, too, running the ball. So it'll be a battle of two pretty solid offenses. Cowboys versus Packers. This is the testament for Aaron Rodgers because if he loses this game, I think the Packers are done. They're not going to make the playoffs. The Cowboys are looking really good, too. They're looking, they're, the Cowboys are looking very solid. Micah Parsons is an absolute animal. But I really do, I really actually think that if the Packers lose this game, they're not going to make the playoffs. And you might see the end of Rodgers this season too. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just throwing so out there. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Uh, Colts versus Raiders, another game. might be That actually might be worse than the Broncos-Titans uh, because I hate the Colts, as you know. Jeff Saturday's coaching debut versus the Las Vegas Raiders because I don't even know what is going on with that team. Um, that also might be a snooze fest. And Sunday Night Football, listen, the 49ers are fun to watch. That with that offense, but they're playing the Chargers. I think the foreigners are going to absolutely destroy them. That's just what I'm thinking, too. Again, I feel like Week 10 is not as good as the other weeks. Not as good. A lot of game matches, I'm like, eh, not really. Some obvious ones, too. Maybe there could be some sleeper wins. Who knows? So to wrap up the show, we're going to do Fonz's 5, Top 5. But it's a special because it's Fonz's, uh, it's Fonz's 7, Top 5. And you're probably wondering, Fonz, why 7? Well, because I'm doing midseason predictions. Or midseason awards because we're at the mid, I think we're pretty much at the midpoint of the well actually yeah because oh wow eighteen weeks they're not yeah we're at the midpoint so it's the midseason MVP awards or midseason everything so Fonz is seven top five so it's seven top five lists and they're all NFL related awards um the mind so it's gonna be like the MVP the coach we'll do the order here's the order the coach comeback player of the year offensive rookie of the year defensive rookie of the year defensive player of the year offensive player of the year and the MVP. My top five for each one. Now, obviously, it's the list of who I think is, like, the tier. My number one is who I have winning, actually. Um, and then, like, five is, like, has a chance for more likely. Two is, like, an, a, a second back. Obviously, is the backup. Like, you know, it could be this or this. Um, again, very simple, right? The candidates. My MVP ladder, my offensive rookie of the year ladder, all that stuff, too. Sort of for the coach to get that one out of the way. Fonzas, seven top five. Number one, the coach. Number five, I got to go with Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins. For what he's been able to do with that uh, with that Dolphins offense, reviving Tua's career, making the Dolphins a legitimate threat to be in the playoffs and could be a Super Bowl contending team, you got to give credit there. So that's my number five. Number four, 
Robert Sala for the Jets because this is more of a thing of like unexpected. I didn't expect the Jets to be this competitive. Maybe down the line, like in a year or so with the young players, but six and three, even being the Bills, I got to give credit there. So Salah is in number four for me. He might he might creep up a little bit too. If he, they keep playing this way, he might creep up on this list. Number three, kind of the same thing, Pete Carroll. Because I didn't expect the Seahawks to be competitive too, especially again with Geno Smith leading the way also. Um, he's on this list at my number three. And, you know, like I said a couple weeks ago, I thought the Seahawks would be that team that kind of wouldn't make the playoffs, but they'll kind of knock off some teams in the playoff hunt. But they're doing well, so I got to give credit there. But, okay, number two, what are we on now? Number two, Brian Dable for the Giants. Again, on paper, this Giants team shouldn't be this good. And they're somehow this good. So, I give credit to them, too. So, that's my number two. And they're just overall a well-coached team. My number one, Nick Sirianni for the Eagles. Undefeated. Great on both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts looks incredible. Defense looks good. He's doing really well with that with that team itself. I got to give the leeway to there for the coach of the year. So, if the season ended right now, he'd win. And, like, the other ones would get some votes. It would be Dable, Carroll, Sal, and McDaniel. Number two, my comeback player of the year. This is kind of, like, the most improved, but it's kind of coming back from either an injury or struggling the year prior, and they come back into their own. My number five, uh, Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers. Last year, he had some injuries here and there, too. Didn't play a whole lot. And I know he had some little bit this season, but with the 49ers, he's looking really good so far back in this, like in, back to his old ways, too. So it's a little bit of a late addition because he's doing well. That's why he's number five. If he was on the 49ers and he was playing this the whole season, he'd probably be number one. But I got to put Christian McCaffrey at five, as I mentioned. Number four, Derrick Henry for the Titans. This dude had 900 rushing yards in like eight games and then or nine games and missed majority of last season and still was in the top 10 in rushing and now coming back he leads the league in rushing and is looking like his old self like doesn't has not missed a step with his injury last year so he's my number four number three is Darius Smith of the Vikings I think last year he didn't even have that many he didn't he played like one game and had a back injury missed all last season with the Packers too goes was gonna go to the Ravens decided not to went to the Vikings whatever I'm still mad at you about that Zedarius but he's literally balling out and looking really good on that on that team right now, so I give credit to them uh, with Sedarius. Uh, he has the eight. He has like eight and a half sacks or nine sacks this season too, and he's been like a really really good good bright spot on that on that Vikings defense too. And looking like his old self when he was on the Packers because we forget he was a he was good on the Ravens, but I knew he was going to bowl out on the Packers. And he was very good on the Packers. Now last year missed a lot of time last year, but come back looking really well. Uh, my number two, he was my number one, but another guy made number one for me, Saquon Barkley. Remember, we forget that Saquon Barkley the first two years of the league was like a top running back. He was looking like a beast. He was an animal. Has had injuries and ankle injuries the prior two years towards ACL and whatnot too. And now is back into his old ways here and looking really good. We'll probably break 1,000 yards in the top five in rushing. He's looking really good. Looking really well in that Giants offense. Brian Dable is doing, working with him really well. Makes a playoff spot, leading the way. I give credit to him. So Barkley's my number two. My number one. This time last year, he was a backup. This year, he was made fun of as the worst starting quarterback heading into the season. They wrote him off. Paid him right back. Geno Smith is my comeback player of the year. I got a pro bowler. He might get an all-pro vote. You would have thought, who would have thought that the Seahawks would have led that division? Who would have thought that Geno Smith would have been one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now? I didn't think so. Well, I kind of did because I was always a Geno Smith fan. They wrote him off and he right back. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to keep repeating it, but Geno Smith's my number one for comeback player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Let's get into the offensive rookie of the year. We'll do that one first. Um, 
it's a little bit hard. My top three are the obvious ones. My bottom two are kind of just like guys I'm just throwing in there because again, it's a again a top five. I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to be disrespectful to the top five. My number five, it might, it's probably not going to happen. But it's, again, I had to throw out this name in there. I put Greg Dolchich for the Broncos, the tight end. He came back from injury reserve, and he's actually looking pretty solid with them as a good target for Russell Wilson. Again, my top three are the three that are obviously going to win, are in the running, and then four and five are just like add-ons. Kind of got to keep tradition of the Fonz's five top five. Number four, Garrett Wilson. If he was playing like this throughout the entire season, then I would put him higher and he, I would say the top four is like an obvious top four selection but he's coming into his own late in the season in the midpoint now if he's playing that's why he could easily get in the top spot of the top three but I got to give credit to Garrett Wilson for the Jets a good pick for them he's going to be an absolute star as I'm holding in a burp right now because I'm just so damn excited number three Damian Pierce he's literally the best player on the Texans team right now and he's going to break I think he's going to easily break a thousand yards um, really good pass catcher, helping out Davis Mills a lot too. Literally the focal point in that Texans offense. Like rare for a rookie running back, and he's going to be a star down the line. Uh, number two, I put Chris Olave, uh, the Saints wide receiver. Now, he's one of the better, actually one of the better rookie receivers in this class. And I didn't. I thought Garrett Wilson would be. I thought Olave would be solid. I didn't think he'd be this good right away. I thought it'd be like between Drake London. Um, and Garrett Wilson. Rick London's not too bad, but Olave is probably easily the, the best one now, too. Um, literally, he's like the number one option, clearly, in New Orleans at the wide receiver spot, too. He's looking really good because Michael Thomas is out, obviously, too. But people weren't sure if they should have drafted him, but he did really, like, at least for the Saints, at least, but he's looking really good. So Chris Olave is my number two. Number one, Kenneth Walker, the third. He's looking really good for the Seahawks. He's going to be a top back. He's a beast. He was, uh, he was a backup, didn't play. He missed some time in the beginning of the year with the injury. Then he was behind Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny got hurt, and Kenneth Walker took over the reins, and he is looking like a beast. He's going to be really good. He's my running. He, if you've seen that right now, Kenneth Walker will be my rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Let's go to defensive rookie of the year. Much like with the offensive rookie of the year, the, the, top, the top three are the obvious ones. The four and five are kind of like just kind of names I'm throwing out there because I just need someone on there too. Number five, put Aiden Hutchinson for the Lions. If Hutchinson play like this throughout the season, then well, he's 4.5 sacks. He's doing good, but it's also the Lions defense. But I got to give credit for him there. He's definitely going to get a mention, maybe a vote or two. Um, number four, Jalen Watson. He would have made it. He would have um, been on this list in the top three, but another guy's kind of jumped above him. But he was pretty good on the Chiefs. He's doing pretty solid. Uh, number three, Devin Lloyd um, for the Jaguars. He's he. I know they have like the Vegas, the, not the Vegas team. I'm reading this thing right now with Vegas, um, the Jaguars team. Excuse me, um, struggling a lot. Don't have a lot of bright spots, but Devin Lloyd looks like a guy you can build around with Josh Allen, Tyson Campbell. They're really good. And forget also they have Dr- they have Trayvon Walker also who's, who's who's good but not you know not the number one overall pick. But Devin Lloyd is the better player I think on that team to build around too. So he's definitely in the conversation. Uh, Tarek Woolen, number three, or number two, excuse me, uh, Seahawks corner. Um, literally, number one guy is, is clear-cut, I think, but this guy is the, also a very good corner, too, and I think this is a guy that we should definitely uh, keep an eye on, too. Um, where, did the, where, did the, where did they find these guys? They wrote, they wrote the Seahawks off, man, and Pete Carroll somehow. Pete Carroll was one thing, man. He can coach corners. He can 100% uh, coach corners. I'm trying to think when he got trapped. When did Woolen get? Woolen was a Woolen was a fifth round pick. That's right. I didn't know if he was like a fifth or a sixth round pick. This dude is a late round draft pick, and he's looking good. So 
Yeah, building corner that you can get. Again, it's like with Richard Sherman, you can get Brendan Browner, Byron Maxwell, even Cam Chance at the safety spot. Seahawks can build a secondary. Even like Jeremy Lane and whatnot, too. They can build it. My number one is recency bias, but it's Sauce Garner, defensive rookie of the year. Good. He is really, really, really good. Shut down corner. Um, literally, even against the Bills game, um, shut down. Let up a big play against Diggs in the beginning. I know that. Even like the beginning parts of the game. But when it matters, he locks down the team. He locks down the opposing receivers. So he's easily my defensive rookie of the year this season and today. Uh, we got three more lists here. So the big ones. Defensive player of the year. Um, it's really a clear-cut number one, to be honest. But again, for the sake of the top five, I want to do a top five. Uh, number five, Miles Garrett for the uh, Browns. Always solid. I think he's now the leading, the Browns' all-time leading um, sack leader. I'm pretty sure too, which is crazy because he hasn't been. He hasn't been in the league that we people. He's not. He hasn't been in the league that long. You guys know that, right? Miles Garrett. He could get some votes here and there. I think. Um, always a consistent player too, so he can get some votes for defensive player of the year. Um, fourth place, I got Nick Bosa. I think Nick Bosa is going to get some love here too. Um, was it Bosa? He missed a lot of uh, the season prior. Um, but he's very good as a, as a run defense, good pass rusher too. Um, hasn't missed a game this year, so give him credit for that. And the Niners defense is looking good. He's a guy you you got to build around too. Well, obviously they are doing that too. Maybe I don't even. I don't. You know. You know. Eh, you know eight and a half sacks, looking really good. He's a good pass rusher. Number three, I put Pat Sertan the second for the Broncos. Um, he was good last year. He's looking really good again against the Broncos, and defense is eh, but he's a lone bright spot on that defense, and he's looking really good. Not giving up a lot of touchdowns. You know, the, the Broncos have a lot of holes in the defense, but that's a guy that, that you can build around. I think mean, they're definitely going to have to do that going forward, too. Sertan, the second, which, by the way, I remember his dad very well. I feel really old. Number two, Matthew Judon for the Patriots. Quiet, quiet season. Good run stopper. Good guy after the quarterback for the Patriots. The Patriots never make moves like that in the offseason. I want to say that he left the Ravens. I'll forever hate him for it. But Matthew Judon is doing really well this year for the Pats. I got to give credit there. So Judon's my number two. Number one, Micah Parsons. I think that's very, it's very, 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 very obvious. Um, eight sacks, 14 knockdowns, tackling machine. He's like he's like his like he like it's like the world is like two thirds covered by water and the other one's covered by uh, Micah Parsons. That's how good he is on defense. He's really good. I think he's gonna be like he's a star. He's one hundred percent a star in this uh, league. And I remember questions about him when he got drafted by the Cowboys because they had like Leighton Vanders, Jalen Smith at the time. Everyone's a little quiet about that now, aren't they? They're a little, they're a little, they're a wee bit quiet about that. Two more here. Let's go to the offensive players of the year. My top five. For that. Number five, Stephon Diggs. Um, listen, great route runner. Even from this was a good acquisition the Bills need a couple years ago. He's looking really good still. Um, despite losing against the Jets, it is okay. Top in the one of the, in the top five in receiving yards, or at least the top ten at least too. Really helping Josh Allen that offense too. So he is my number five. Number four is Josh Allen too. Again, the offensive player and the MVPs and defenses are all going to be kind of the same. Well, at least more offense and defensive players or offense and MVPs or whatever too. Um, Josh Allen. Easily in the conversation, too, for another award I will mention in a second, too. He's my number four. Number three, he's also going to be mentioned in my MVP, Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Look what he's doing on that offense, turning the Eagles around really great, looking really good. People had doubts about him. I give credit there for that. 
Uh, my number two and number two is Nick Chubb for the Cleveland Browns. He's second in rushing right now, ten touchdowns, which I think leads all running backs at this at this time. Chubb's really good. Chubb's really good on the offense. Really good running back too. Um, definitely that definitely helps the Browns. They need a good running game too. I think we need to give respect to Nick Chubb a little bit more. Um, literally will always guarantee you hundred yards rushing. Always will guarantee you at least a touchdown too. Um, you could make the argument for Derrick Henry or even tell Josh Jacobs, but I think Nick Chubb's the best running back in the league. I truly think that. My number one, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the offensive. I think he's a. I think he might be the clear cut number one. There's arguments for other players, but Tyreek Hill is an absolute, absolute monster, absolute animal. And again, was he underutilized in the Chiefs? Yes. Would you ever picture him as an offensive player of the year candidate on the Chiefs? No. But on the Dolphins, all of a sudden, he literally might. He he has more receiving yards than the. I think the Ravens. Um, uh, what was the other team? A couple other teams he has. But I know the Ravens. I got a Bears. I saw that because again, as a Ravens fan, I need receivers and Tyree Kill. Man, can you imagine him? Though? He almost went to the Jets. Can you imagine him on the Jets with Garrett Wilson? That'd be really that'd be scary too. But you know, Tyree Kill, offensive player of the year, definitely give him a vote there. Uh, now the MVPs. We talked about a lot of these guys. Some of these guys I'm going to mention again. Now, it's been, we know it's a quarterback race, but I, ha- I wanted to mention some guys who could be in the conference that might get a vote. Uh, I put Micah Parsons at five in the MVP conversation. I know it's going to be a quarterback. It's going to be quarterbacks I know in the top three, spoiler alert, are quarterbacks. But Micah Parsons should get some love there at the MVP spot, too. Look what he's doing with that Cowboys defense. Literally a rising star and making the Cowboys defense legit, and he's the one of the reasons, if not the reason for it. Number four, I really think there's an argument for Tyree Kill to be MVP in the league. If he breaks 2,000 yards receiving and is making that Dolphins offense incredible, I know two is two, and you can put him in the conversation, but I think Tyreek should definitely get some love on the MVP votes. Uh, number three, always a consistent guy, Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes, you can always, you can always count him on there, I would think. Um, obviously, you know, even without Tyreek Hill, he's still one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Number two, I put Josh Allen on there, too. I know get he, had, he has a lot of turnovers here and there. But when he's when he's on, he's on. He's looking. He looks really good. Take away the Jets' performance, but he looks good throughout the season. Even since like week one against the Rams, instant reaction. Take away the Jets game, but that was he's had a really good season so far. And my number one, if they keep going with this with the undefeated season, Jalen Hurts. Hurts has made the biggest jump. Allen made the made a big jump last year or the year prior, but Hurts has made a bigger jump this year too. Undefeated, good good runner with the ball too, and passer throwing darts. All these guys like Goddard. And AJ Brown and whatnot. So he's my MVP pick. So if you want to look at that, let me know. So that is my Fonz's seven top five. That's right. Seven top fives. That's right. Seven top fives. Seven. Seven top fives. Fonz's seven top fives. That episode's all over the place. And I think that wraps it up. Um, thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. I greatly appreciate all of you guys so much. It really, from the bottom of my heart, I love you guys. And I thank you all for definitely checking out this episode. If you haven't already, check out the guys I have with Soaps. Use code FONTS20 for 20% off your order. Um, support the brand. Hit up the link tree down below. You can follow the podcast where we get your podcast. Leave me a review. Send me some questions. DM me on DM me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Even on even on whatever. Leave a comment or something on this video. If you want to ask me a question or whatever, you want me to give me a, you want a top five suggestion, let me know. I definitely want to, I'm definitely growing the brand more so. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff coming around with the podcast and the brand itself in the next couple of weeks and months. Maybe it starts in 2023. There's going to be some big moves coming. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited. Um, 2023 is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be year f- start of the podcast, what, 2019, 2018? And look where we are now. 
I don't even know when the hell I started this podcast. But I started for so long, and I love it. I absolutely love doing this. You guys are the best. I love y'all. Thank y'all. Big moves coming, guys. If you guys want to join the ride, you definitely can. If you're here for just a couple episodes or you've been here since day one, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Thank y'all. After that, have a good day, good night, good evening. Whenever you're watching or listening to this podcast, I'll catch y'all next time. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Slickback Kickback Report. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review. Tell a friend. Tell five friends. Your support will always be appreciated here on the Slickback Kickback Report.